Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, August 2nd, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Gettys. Bless, how are you doing? It's a Monday, which means, of course, it's Polo Bless, Bobber yes. Jackie Tim, doing what we do best, making the connection, making Kind of Funny Games Bringing Daily sexy With back. Kevin behind the boards, you gotta love it. Kevin, what are you wearing? What are you bringing to the table today? What are you wearing, Kevin? Naked, all right, Usually when somebody asks, what are you wearing, you want to tease them a little bit, be like, I don't know, what, what do you want me to be wearing right now? Yeah, you know, no. I, might be, I might be wearing no shirt, you know, just pants. Kevin straight with the goods straight with the good stuff you love to hear it also i love i love that bless has clearly never flirted with somebody in that way because in the history of ever nobody's ever been like what are you wearing i don't know i might be wearing a shirt with no pants (laughs) (laughs) i don't i wouldn't know how to answer that question somebody was like what are you wearing i'd be like i don't know this sounds like a trap y'all trying to trap me right now nah get out of here with that Tim, bless, how are you doing? Bless, how are you, bless. you gotta hit him with a me undies. Like, uh, I'm wearing my little T Rex me undies, you know what I mean? Like, I, dude, I so I, I believe I did ads for this week, and I want to say one of our ads is me undies. And it's one of those things where I got jealous as I was reading the ad because I've not gotten a shipment of me undies. It's been other people at this company that do own the me undies. I feel like most people at this company own me undies, but somehow I don't. Uh, yeah, well, I started, know, I, I most people buy them. them, yeah, just buy okay. them, bless. It is. It's so they're the best. They're the best. Never, I mean, nevertheless, I'm still. It's still that thing where reading the ad, I was like, man, I wish I had these undies because these yeah. undies sound dope. Like I, I wish I could rock this this style underneath mm-hmm. my sweatpants, my mm-hmm. red marble sweatpants that I'm rocking here. You know what, plus you can get. Oh, me undies sweatpants. <laughs> Wait, they got sweatpants. Bro, they got lounge pants. They got sweatpants. They got socks. They got right, shirts. Right, right, right. Let's get okay, to whatever. the ad later. We'll right. yeah, yeah, this, I don't think this show is brought to you by me undies. But Tim, let me tell yeah. you about where you're going to get in the show because today's stories include could Halo get Battle Royale? Uh, we're also going to talk about Team Asobi's next game and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, a new Kind of Funny X-Cast is live. Uh, The crew gives their impressions on their time with Halo Infinite this last week. You can, of course, catch that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. Tim, I hope you're prepared to give some of your impressions. I know you've been playing some of that Halo Infinite. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that for story number one. And then uh, also up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games is part two of Greg and Tim's Emily is Away play- Emily is Away 3 playthrough. Uh, that's up right now. Tim, did you guys wrap up the game? Is that the final part? 
Of course not. No, no, no. We are having way too much fun I, playing I this game. I think we got 30 minutes like more story done. Like, no, we, we got a ton. We, had... we got a ton done. The game has, I think, five chapters, and we got through a, a, the bulkiest chapter in this okay. run. So, so I, just I'm to thinking... be clear, one chapter. We got done with one chapter. Oh, no. What chapter was it? Was it chapter three? Chapter yeah, three, yeah, I want to say. Yeah, mm. which uh, mm. which means we're doing pretty well. We have two chapters to go, so that's either one or two streams left, uh, depending okay. on how crazy What's we get and how many, how many tangents we get on. It's going amazing. I love that game. Kyle Sweeney, the, the creator of it, is fantastic and so good at what he does, and I highly recommend everybody go out there and, and go play Emily is Away 1, 2, and 3 for yourselves, and then join us on YouTube.com slash games to check out the our playthrough of it and our playthrough of all of them because that is definitely – some of the most legendary kind of funny content, oh, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, also up this morning, a new kind of funny podcast went live titled, We Go For A World Record. And Tim, is that one worth the dollar? Uh Oh, yeah. This is another kind of funny podcast for the record books. I swear to God, it is amazing. It goes places you would never expect. Have you ever wanted to see Joey Noel pour water three stories down into Kevin's mouth? Yes or no, doesn't matter. That's what we're offering you in that podcast. How does it come up? When does it come up? I'm not going to tell you that. You're going to have to watch to find out. Now, Kevin, I don't know if you have access to this uh, the uh, this month's platinum tier print that just went live on Twitter about 20 minutes ago. But I want you to bring that up if you can. So, wait, that, that's something that was tweeted out, right? So, like, you got to... Tweet it out. It might also I, be an asset. So I, where, I, where I, got, I got sticky brain right now. If you oh. help me find it, you know? I mean, it was tweet. It was tweeted out twenty minutes ago. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's an assets as well. I'll I'll vamp about it for like five seconds. Second, so you have time. Second, to bring keep it talking. You didn't. I'll, I'll oh keep talking. God. I'll keep the talking. Nick of course, and 40? the Nick and Forty. Yeah, Nick and Forty. This is just added to the doc, and so I'm freestyling this. But it looks like this month's uh, platinum tier print by wow. oh, ooh, how would I say this name by Reagan by Reagan by Rain. 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 By Rain is here. You can, of course, get it at patreon.com. So that's kind of funny. Or patreon.com slash kind of funny games at the platinum level. And for audio listeners, I can only describe this art as fucking excellence. Graphic. It is Nick and Forty. <laughs> <laughs> it is Nick and Forty. It is uh, obviously inspired by Rick and Morty. And it's Nick styled like Rick, right? Porty styled like Morty running away from this fucking alien monster creature. Uh, and it, lo- it looks wonderful. Kabobs Rain in the chat says, is that a one. toilet toad? And you know what, guys? Yes, that is a toilet toad. Oh, no, they're oh, much so scarier. That's how they look like. Much yeah. scarier than you think. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Go check that out. Of course, again, patreon.com slash kind of funny, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Speaking of patreon.com slash kind of funny games, thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by DoorDash and Honey, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. You said Star- honey butt. <laughs> did I say honey butt? I did say honey butt. I did say honey butt. Uh, story number one. Could Halo Infinite be getting a battle royale? I'm pulling this from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. And Tim, let me tell you, I didn't know about this until I was watching the stream you guys did yesterday. Because mm-hmm. you guys did just an impromptu uh, kind of funny game stream yesterday. Yeah, we did. I mean, look, the, the Halo Infinite playtest was only for a couple days. I literally, uh, it, it just ended about eight minutes ago as of the recording right now. And right before we went live, I got my last couple matches in. I, I was itching, mm-hmm. bless. I've been loving this damn video game. And uh, oh, yesterday, it was uh, Sunday morning. And I'm like, you know what? 
I'm gonna text the boys. We're gonna we're gonna drop oh in. God. I hit up Andy. I hit up Mike. And Andy's in Texas, but he was like, you know what? I'm at this family thing. Once that's over, we're hopping on. We set the time. Did a little stream. Had a lot of fun playing that game over the entire weekend. But specifically, playing with them was so much fun. Last night they bumped it up to the Slayer difficulty for the the bots, uh, which was a, a market improvement. There was a couple of weird issues for a while that they seemed easier <laughs> than the mm -hmm. ones before. I had one match where I, I went like. 18 and four or something like that which <laughs> that's yeah. not my mo uh but god i was having a blast and then last night they opened up the actual pvp 4v4 slayer which i didn't get to do but mike was playing a whole whole bunch of but i've been having a blast with it um obviously and mm -hmm. can't wait to talk more about it on gamescast as well yeah so when i was watching you guys yesterday you had brought up during stream that there was th there were files that were being uh, uh uncovered discovered by the mm -hmm. community and some of those files seem to lead toward the idea of a possible battle royale i'm gonna pull uh this article from adam bankhurst at ign that gives it in full detail while hardly a confirmation an audio clip within halo infinite's tech preview files has been discovered that has halo's iconic announcer saying quote battle royale end quote as reported by VGC, this data mined audio clip was originally shared on Reset Era and includes nothing more than the words battle and royale, but could give hope to those looking to, the, to be the last Spartans standing. It's important to remember that 343 has previously gone on record to say that, quote, the only BR we're interested in is the battle rifle, end quote. But that comment was from 2018 and things can obviously change. Expectations should definitely be tempered, however, as this could be from a cancelled Battle Royale mode that the team was testing out, or it could be from some other part of Halo Infinite, or from a ton of other possible places. Tim, mm -hmm. you're a big Halo fan. What mm -hmm. is the read that you have on this? Um, my read is excitement. Honestly, I, I, I think the, the story is very well written in the sense that it, it paints the picture that this is by no means a guarantee. Um, and at the very least is just kind of interesting because this could be something that was scrapped or just something that was there. Battle Royale could not be Battle Royale mode. It could be a whole bunch of different things that like we might not necessarily be uh, – given too much reason to jump to conclusions that this that is actually going to happen. Having played the, the playtest this week, really seeing what they're doing, and after being really excited after seeing the E3 multiplayer trailer, it seems that they're really delivering on the promise. Like, uh, definitely my experience, but everyone that I've heard's experience, uh, whether they love Halo or are getting into it for the first time with this uh, test flight, everyone seems to be really high and positive on the game that's played it. And mm -hmm. it definitely has that addictive one more match quality. I mean, even when we were doing the stream, I think I said one more match, like, three or four times before we finally signed off uh but i think that they've the 343 has really really been listening and and paying attention to the the wants needs and desires of the community of halo fans um and just kind of gaming fans over the last couple of years the last decade and it really does feel like that perfect blend of what made halo two and three uh multiplayer special combined with like modern things that might have been introduced in four and five but more so were perfected in in other games in the genre over the last decade so having said that i don't think that halo needs a battle royale mode I, for mm. a, a couple years ago back in 2018 uh, i definitely said differently i, I said like they, they, they need this like that's the thing that's gonna you know keep them contemporary but i think they've done a really good job and i'm happy they've done a good job of going back to what makes halo special which is that a 
arena type multiplayer and hopefully that we'll, we haven't get to play it this time but i'm based on how good the arena stuff is i can only assume the big team battle stuff is going to be even better because to me that's always really been my favorite core thing of what makes halo stand out from a lot of the other games especially back when it first was coming out when unreal tournament was all the rage these like twitchy arcadey arena shooters right halo kind of redefined it in a way especially for console players for what Slayer meant, what deathmatch could mean, and team deathmatch in particular. But then on the other side, it was all about the game modes that like people actually liked playing. It wasn't just a bunch of options. People liked playing Capture the Flag and Oddball just as much as they liked playing, and King of the Hill just as much as they liked playing Slayer. And I think that that's uh, kind of a rarity for um, first-person shooter games, and especially modern ones. As we moved on, we've kind of seen the invention of things like Horde Mode um, and, and other things that kind of have changed, made it more of like a PvE and changing the style that you've played, right? Uh, but then where we're at now, modern, the most modern we can get with first-person shooter games, I think we're seeing the kind of splintering instead of having multiple game modes in one game, it's like, okay, Call of Duty has its annual iterations where you get the campaign, you get a multiplayer suite, whatever. But then there's also Warzone that's an entirely different vertical, right? Yes. And I think that with Halo, we're seeing that already where it's like we have the Halo Infinite campaign is going to be one thing. But the Halo Infinite multiplayer suite is this free-to-play vertical that they're keeping separate. I think that they have something really special on their hands that is going to stand alone. And when you add up the fact that it's cross-play across so many different systems, whether it's Xbox One all the way up to Series X with PC from lower-end PCs, mid-range PCs at least, all the way up to the highest tier, all able to play together for free. Like, mm -hmm. that is really insane. And, like, when you have the quality there that they're already proving they have, I think there's they have enough to work off. Having said all that, I do think that Halo fits itself so well to Battle Royale with the large maps, mm -hmm. with the giant teams, with the vehicles that I would not be surprised. And in fact, I do expect that we will see a Halo Battle Royale mode at some point. Will it be a third vertical or will it just be a game mode within that multiplayer suite? And that is where I think Halo can actually make it work a little bit more um, kind of one in the same with everything where it feels like it's just one part of this whole experience going back to what i was saying about the oddball king of the hill capture the flag if a halo battle royale was just part of that so when you're in matchmaking and you're just playing you're bopping between those different modes and every once in a while it is like a battle royale that only lasts i don't know how long but like 30 minutes or less or something is just one of the type of matches you can get into mm -hmm. i think that could really work and really make them stand apart from everyone else while still competing with everyone else, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the free-to-play thing puts it, in an, puts it in an interesting place where they can actually do that. Because if it was paid multiplayer, I think it would run into the thing of, you know, you have Call of Duty traditional, you have Call of Duty Black Ops 4, but then you have Warzone. And Warzone is free-to-play and kind of has to be free-to-play because you assume they learn from doing things like Blackout that having a paid battle royale mode isn't the way to go if you're going to do if you want to fully lean into battle royale like it has to be free to play it has to be easy to jump in you have to monetize it differently and give people different options in terms of in terms of how you're going to play that halo infinite multiplayer already being free to play does put it in the place where i could see it being what you're saying where over time they do add in a battle royale mode that does act as not necessarily a huge uh you know different vertical like i don't think they would call it halo infinite dash battle royale mode or whatever that would look like i could see it yeah being in conjunction with the entire multiplayer suite and having that standalone and still 
being this thing that people can come into and contribute to the same battle pass system or the same progression system and have that all work together seamlessly because even when you look at apex legends apex legends is kind of done that with arenas where arenas didn't have to be its own game arenas is a part of the same launcher it's a part of the same experience it's, it's a part of the same progression and uh they're able to pull that off because arenas as well is a free-to-play thing that they don't have to create an entire different uh launcher for or separate it separate it out for a different branding for they don't really have to do that for you tim where do you see or how do you see uh halo infinite growing do you see other modes being being added in even aside from battle royale and for you what does that cadence look like after playing the the, the test flight like do you foresee it being a possibly once a year thing where they add in a brand new mode or they add in a battle royale mode by let's say fall 2022 like what is your predictions there so my theory right now that i have nothing to back this up but it's just like what i feel in my gut based on what i just played and everything that i've been hearing about this game i and I, again when i say i've been hearing i don't mean i anybody's told me shit i just mean i listen to when people say things and <laughs> form opinions on it right uh i do think that halo infinite is going to release this year having said that i don't think mm -hmm. the campaign is going to release this year I, for some reason, feel like this fall we're going to get the multiplayer suite and we're going to get it. It's going to be free to play. It's going to be cross play, all that stuff, uh, because playing the test flight, it, it's just in such a great place. And every time they add, they did such a good job this weekend of starting it off with one map and you're playing against these low level bots. And then throughout the weekend, getting up to three different maps where you're playing 4v4 Slayer, every map having different weapon sets that each time they unlocked a new map, it wasn't just a new map, but it was new uh, abilities you could use. Like the grapple shot wasn't in level one, but it was in level two. And being able to play with them and see how all that works together, they have something so special in their hands and it feels so polished already. Of course, there's technical bugs. There was a whole bunch of issues I ran into. Um, but the foundation is there and that's why they're doing this test to figure all that stuff out. I think that the multiplayer is going to hit this fall. Campaign, I just, for some reason, I feel like we're not going to get it until early next year or, or sometime next year. And I don't necessarily think that that's the worst thing. I, I can see them kind of treating Halo Infinite as this like Game Pass drop of like things to be excited for in that game. And I, I almost think that dropping the multiplayer, having it be this amazing moment this fall, competing with all the, the battle rails that are already out there now and the uh, upcoming Battlefield and Call of Duty and all that stuff, mm -hmm. kind of let it have its moment there and then let campaign have its moment later. And then late after that, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a battle royale sometime next year after the foundation has not only been set, but like proven in a way we've seen with Warzone and Apex Legends and all these other things where it's like, cool, the foundation's there. This all works. People are in it. They understand what these battle passes look like. They are ready to play this game every single day of their lives. Like, let's keep giving them more and more goodness to come back to. But I think that in terms of other modes, Halo's already had enough modes. Like they, they, they've over the last 20 years really honed in and found out what people like and what people don't like. And Halo is uh, one of the few and um, video games that have looked at what, how people are playing their game and turned that into modes. Like we've seen it like zombies in Halo 2 turned into an official mode in future Halo games and Griffball, it, it eventually became a real thing. It's like, uh, and we've seen that before in, in other games, like infamously like Counter-Strike was straight up just a, a mod, right? But um, I don't think that they need to necessarily reinvent the wheel, but I do think that uh, Battle Royale is the kind of 
one thing that they don't have an, a direct answer to at this point. And they don't necessarily need one, but I do think that they could bring the heat and all they need to do is get that foundation right. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of value in what you're saying in terms of it, Halo Infinite multiplayer and Halo Infinite campaign coming out in different times. Th th those don't necessarily need to hit at the same time. We had a discussion, I want to say it was on KFGD late last week with me and Greg talking about Horizon being delayed and how Horizon being delayed isn't going to be the end of the world for Sony, especially this fall. When you look at one, PlayStation's being sold out completely, PlayStation's selling super well, and then also what that means for the cadence of releases. When you look at what Xbox Game Pass is, right? Like Halo Infinite coming out this fall and the Halo campaign coming out, let's say January, February, that is probably, uh, that, that in some cases could even be a better story for Game Pass in terms of keeping I people agree. involved, keeping the player base active and giving people reason to return. Like we had a discussion a few months ago on Gamescast about Starfield when we were going back and forth about, you know, is Starfield going to be this fall? You know, do they need to, or could they release it this fall alongside Halo? What does that look like? And I think, I think, a key argument in terms of why you would see Xbox uh, parse things out in terms of the release cadence, make, maybe releasing things month to month as opposed to dropping things over each other, is the fact that if you drop Halo Infinite uh, this fall, right, in, in November, I know you don't you don't have to have Game Pass for that game, but of course people are going to show up on the Xbox platform and probably get Xbox Game Pass just just by being on that platform, being in that mm -hmm. ecosystem. People are going to get game, game Pass regardless. Um, you know, you, you're going to have people show up for that. You're going to have people show up for Forza in in the spring right now. You know, there are uh, I don't know I don't think there's any chat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are there any big Xbox exclusive titles that are slated for spring right now? Because that could be Halo Infinite campaign, right? And even even if there is another game, it could be Halo Infinite campaign and that other game, you know, and that could then lead into Redfall for later in the year. That can let, then lead into the next thing. There's power in keeping a cadence for Xbox Game Pass because you're having people uh, uh, being consistently subscribed to the platform and people continually coming in for new titles. I think yeah. that's for them going to be very big. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm interested in how this is all going to shake out. Like, I I wonder if Halo Infinite multiplayer being free to play if there's going to be incentives for Game Pass members, right? Like mm -hmm. maybe they get more experience or or they get the battle passes free or, or something. I, I don't know. And I don't know at what point that makes sense versus not making sense. But I do think that they're clearly thinking about all of that. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Either way, I'm yeah. excited. They have an extremely quality product that I am shocked is as good as it is like I, it is one of those things we've been very worried about halo for a while and after this weekend i'm not worried at all final question mm -hmm. do you think after you after playing what you played this last week do you think halo infinite has a shot for being in game of the year conversations game awards conversations you know it's that's interesting because they're nailing what i think a lot of people but I think the majority of Halo people want from the Halo experience. Having said that, we don't know much about the campaign and the campaign is the thing right now that I think we have the most like questions about. And I think the campaign is the thing that is really in the discussion of game of the year. Like mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine a game of the year on the game awards type level. Like I'm sure sites will give it game of the year, but on the top dog levels, I don't see a multiplayer game ever getting that. You know what I mean? 
I I mean I think there is there's usually a harder chance for it, but I I mean Overwatch I think is one that won plenty of game of the years that year. Like I think if you I think there's a certain S tier that you can hit with multiplayer games where you can be included, but it but is so difficult. That's true, but I think that when you're talking about sequel, there, there's just a lot of factors that that push Halo down to the fact that it is a sequel. It is a a, a known there quantity. There are expectations like, for it. There's, expe- there's a lot know of things. What Halo is exactly. You're whereas not Overwatch, by Halo. Overwatch is a good example uh, against what I said, but it also mm-hmm. is such lightning in the bottle. Where like that is different. Where that in a lot of ways introduced a new genre <laughs> to yeah. like the hero shooter to the mainstream. Whereas this is just a really damn good halo game mm. uh which is fantastic stuff but in 2021 i think that it would mainly be the campaign that is pushing that game of the year conversation and i would be shocked if the halo infinite campaign got the stuff to do that i hope so really i hope so what, what but, makes you say that um i mean i think that for it to do that it would have to really really do something special and i don't know that they can anymore because I think they're caught between a rock and a hard place between sticking to the lore that has been previously established and to make Halo like hardcore Halo fans happy, but then also being able to just be an amazing standalone story by itself to newcomers. And that's something that like we bring up a lot, but God of War 2018 did so well of balancing that. And I just don't see Halo being able to to have that balance. Mm. I hope that I'm wrong. We'll have to wait and see. Speaking of really good, really quality games. Story number two, Team Asobi is making their most ambitious game yet. I'm pulling again from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Astrobot Rescue Mission and Astro's Playroom developer, Team Asobi, has launched a brand new website alongside teasing it is working on its, quote, most ambitious game yet, end quote. Team Asobi, which itself is a newly minted PlayStation studio, shared the news about its website on Twitter, and the site's about its page reveals a bit more about the developer's mission and what it is currently working on. Quote, Our latest works are the critically acclaimed Astrobot Rescue Mission for PSVR and Astro's Playroom for PS5. We're currently working hard, uh, we're currently hard at work on our most ambitious game yet, end quote. While there have been no details officially revealed as to what this ambitious game is, the current job openings give us a little hint as to what may be going on behind closed doors in Tokyo. For example, the job listing for a game designer position reveals that this person's role will be to, quote, make a variety of levels for a 3D action game, each providing great tempo and creative solutions, end quote. The job listing for an environment artist requires someone who is able to put, quote, an emphasis on realistic texturing techniques applied to a playful art style, end quote. Another job listing for an animator may give those wanting another game starring Astro some hope, as Team Asobi is looking for an artist who can, quote, animate a wide range of cartoony and mechanical characters, props, and vehicles used in-game, end quote. It still may be some time until we know exactly what Team Asobi is working on, but these teases are exciting nonetheless and give us a glimpse into what the studio is aiming to create for PS5 owners around the world. Tim, does that get you excited? So excited. More excited than anything, man. I love 3D platformers, and I love what Team Asobi's done. Asterisk Playroom, one of the few Platinums I have, and it was worth every damn second. I wish I could take it away from my memory and replay it again because so far that has been such a great use of the dual sense really proving why the ps5 is special such a fun look back on the legacy of playstation but more than any of that it's just a damn fun game like just walking around jumping around everything that they had you do the level design was just immaculate and fun you know something i always look for in a video game um so i 
can't wait for whatever the next project they're working on is it being their most ambitious thing all of this sounds really cool in a perfect world for me we would get an astros playroom length game every year from them mm -hmm. just annualize it let them go crazy and have fun just putting out these like small two-hour experiences that are just really pushing the boundaries of what the console can do that is unique uh compared to the to pc or xbox or whatever but just have a lot of fun and they've proven they can do that and i think that there's they just are on the surface of the potential of what that team uh, can do and we they've proven it oh, now yeah. with with psvr and with the the ps5 so i'd love to see more of that but whether it's what i'm talking about or just one much larger game i'm in yeah them talking about it being their most ambitious game yet makes me think that it's going to be one larger game especially when you, when you talk about astrobot rescue mission and how lengthy that game was because astro's playroom of course is like a two-hour game very much very much tech de tech demo adjacent but a very quality maybe one of the best video game tech demos ever put out um, but Astrobot Rescue Mission really did feel more full length. That felt like a full game that had different roles that you can go into, that had uh, uh, like progression, a bunch of boss fights, all the things you'd want out of a full length experience. And so this to me strikes me as something at the very least uh, that, if not more. And to me, that strikes me as exciting. And I do, I do still wonder, is it going to be VR or is it going to be uh, more traditional console based? Based on this, I kind of want it to be like a traditional console thing. I got to be down for either because I love VR. I loved Astrobot Rescue Mission in VR. But for what for what Team Asobi has proven uh, they can do, especially using the power of the PS5 and the DualSense and all that stuff, I really want to see what a full experience looks like looks like um, from them. And for the descriptions that we see from the job positions, right? Like, you know, make a variety of levels for a 3D action game, each providing a great tempo and creative solutions. I know 3D action game, traditionally, as an audience, we look at that and we think Devil May Cry or God of War. But I'm sure for Astrobot, you are running around punching shit half the time. And so for them, that probably does speak to action game, especially when you're, when you're hiring in a job description. Uh, realistic texturing techniques applied to a playful art style sounds very much like Astrobot Rescue Mission. Like that, that game had really beautiful textures. That game looked crisp. And that is a game also with a playful art style. Um, again, like that all, that all speaks to that. And I think that's very exciting because Astrobot does have, I think, potential to be the premier 3D platformer on PlayStation and in general. Like there's an amount of charm that they have with Astrobot that I think speak that I think can speak to just a wide gaming audience in terms of people people picking it up, people playing it, playing it and going, wow, I love this for the polish, the gameplay, the graphics, but then also the heart of the character. Right? Like all those things for me are reasons why I come back to Mario time and time again is like those games are designed so well and mario odyssey for me is a game that has heart polish uh great art style uh fun gameplay everything i want out of that i think i think a new astrobot rescue mission game that is a console game could possibly live up to that and for me that's super exciting just a shame is designed so lame but besides that, what an amazing video game and i love that that astro's it breaks my heart that you don't like how he looks Five. I hate it. Well, I hate it so much. I love like... everything else about it. I love the environment. I love the music. I love well, the again, charm. You don't like I love how the round tone. he is, right? I don't like how round he is. He's just too round. He's just goofy looking. Mm -mm, not for <sighs> He's me. He's like a great kind of goofy. He's a little robot that does the Carlton dance. It's just it's fucking uh, great. There's something about it that just seems like uninspired. And I for a game that is so inspired, I'm just like, oh ah, man, don't like I it. Couldn't, don't like I mean, I hear you. I couldn't disagree with you more, but I definitely hear you. I hear you. But yeah, I couldn't disagree so. with you more. 
But again, I love that they put this game out free for PlayStation 5 users to introduce everybody that has that system to this type of gameplay and to these characters and to this team more than anything. Asobi's so mm-hmm. damn talented, and I love that they are now officially Team Asobi with that new logo. They're working on bigger games, the biggest game they've had so far. Like This is going to result in some really, yeah. really damn fine video games. And this, I, to me, it is the continued narrative of playstation studios over the last generation of seeing them go from seeing a a a developer like sucker punch go from making infamous to making uh 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 whatchamacallit ghost of tsushima i was gonna say horizon zero dawn uh but like see i mean seeing gorilla right also go from making kill zone to making horizon zero dawn there's a certain elevation we've seen in playstation studios over the last decade and i think this would be the continued story of that of seeing team asobi of course like you know we know them for astrobot astrobot has been their thing but going from Astrobot to being this PlayStation VR game that most of us only heard, have only heard about because we don't have PlayStation VR, or going from being the tech demo guys who made this really awesome, really inspired tech demo for the PS5 to being the guys that make this game that now, okay, we're all looking forward to the next Astrobot game because they have proven themselves to be an excellent uh, A-tier developer. I think that's a beautiful thing, and I really want them to be that because, again, they make very quality games, games that I'm super into, games that I know a lot of people would be super into, and so go get them, Team Asobi. Tim, folks can go over to patreon.com slash games where they can get the show ad-free, but guess what? If you're listening to this part of the show, that means that you didn't, so here's Mads. This show is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Well, now you can get the snacks, drinks, and household essentials that you need in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAME, Games 2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the US and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by Honey. We all shop online and we've all seen that promo code feel Tonus at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for the coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Kind of funny, loves honey. Tim tells you all the time that you should click that dang honey button. It saved us a ton of money shopping online and it can save you money too. Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have honey, you can be straight up missing out on free savings. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. Everybody go watch The Green Knight. Story number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's director confirms he's helming the Dead Space remake. This is from Andy Robinson at VGC. I wish we could, like, just record our conversations during the ad and just make that the post show. Because <laughs> people yeah. deserve to know. They deserve to, deserve to know. That is true. That is true. Again, this is Andy Robinson at VGC. 
Eric Baptizat uh, joined EA's Motive Studio earlier this year to work on an unannounced project. However, the Ubisoft veteran has now confirmed on social media that he's acting as the game director for the newly announced Dead Space remake. Baptizat uh, had worked at Ubisoft for 16 years, most notably as the director of Valhalla and the lead designer for other for other Assassin's Creed entries, including Origins and Black Flag. The most senior development figure on the Dead Space remake, other than Baptizat, is another Ubisoft veteran, creative director, Roman Campos Oriola. Campos Oriola joined from Ubisoft Montreal last year, where he was previously the creative director for Online Brawler for Honor. The art director in charge of the Dead Space remix visual direction is Mike Yazigian. Yazigian actually worked on the art for Dead Space 2 as part of Visceral's now closed Montreal division. Tim, off of that, we got a we got a uh, question in from uh, anonymous Ronan Patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says, with a new Dead Space game in development, what other EA remakes slash revivals do you want? NBA Street, Mirror's Edge, Fight Night, Tim. <laughs> I thought you were going to say more than that. Uh, <laughs> first off, an interesting thing of note here is I, I need to go to kindofunny.com slash you're wrong if I'm wrong about this. But I'm pretty sure that he was just the director um, after the other guy left. Right? Mm-hmm. Ashraf, I think it was, left. Yes. Kind of funny. And so then this guy came wrong. in. Uh, yeah. So he, he was only the director of Valhalla for like the, the final bits. But um, either way, um, very excited for Dead Space uh, remake. Love Dead Space. You, I mean, anonymous writing in here. I mean, you're speaking to my heart. NBA Street Volume Two. Like that's the weirdest thing. Is like what I want more than anything is a 2021 remake of NBA Street Volume Two, but like modernized. Like just give mm-hmm. it what it would look like now, but that game, not NBA Street One, not NBA Street Home Court, not NBA Street Volume Three. Even I want Volume Two. Kevin, can you please bring up what I sent to assets? Because I don't know if you saw this, Bless, but it is the greatest uh, thing yeah. in the history of time. One second. I'm very excited to see this. Very excited to see what Keep filling time. Keep and Tim, you already know that time. I agree with you about NBA Street Volume 2. Like, that is the one to bring forward. And don't touch mm-hmm. it. Just up-res it, you know, replace the assets. Like, blue point it. You know, give me the same exact game, but give it to me prettier. That's what but I want. Check this out, Bless. All right. Kevin has pulled up. NBA Street. Wait, did that?
Uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't know what hell happened. To Discord audio there. Are Can they hear us now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. How much did how much of my story did they hear? Because I told a whole story. I don't know when we lost it. Sorry. Okay. I mean, it doesn't seem. Well, well basically, chat to catch you up. Kobe's the great. Kobe's a great. <laughs> Nothing. Just you know. oh, snowbike. What? What? Whoa! Oh, what's up, snowbike, Mike? Snowbike. No, like we muted. My bad. When, when did we get muted? Well, okay, let's have a nice fresh restart here. NBA Street Volume 2 Remake. That's what I want, Bless. I'll take oh, white yeah. screen, though. You know what I mean? I'll take a little, like, higher res assets for, for some of the overlays and, and uh, user interface. But other way, I, either way, that looks freaking awesome. But there's a ton of games that I think can deserve this treatment. Like, we've seen it in the last couple of years that remakes and reboots and remasters can be so many different things and should be different things depending on the, the game they're trying to... Uh, remake. I think Shadow of the Colossus is a perfect example of what that game needed to be in the remake, which is don't touch it too much. Just make it a lot prettier and make the controls slightly more modern, but not too much because that is the experience of the game. Then you look over at Resident Evil 2 Remake, and that is a completely different style of uh, remake of a game, but is just as valid, just as incredible, and oh, yeah. really takes the essence and core of what made RE2 special, but made it a modern video game. So I, I want to see more things like that. Hell yeah, yeah. I also want to shout out um, uh, Def Jam Fight for New York and Def Jam Vendetta. Like, I would mm -hmm. love a new Def Jam game. I think we've talked about it before, but with a modern roster of artists, I think that could be very incredible. Uh, also, uh, Anonymous here writes in Mirror's Edge, which I would also love to see. I'd like to. I'd like to give. Uh, I'd like them to give another shot at Mirror's Edge because, like, I love the original. Didn't love Catalyst as much. But I still love Mirror's Edge enough to where I still played through all of Catalyst, even though I didn't enjoy it and I wanted to quit by halfway through. Uh, and I think I think that franchise deserves another shot. I think they could bring it back and actually make it good if they put if they if they put their foot into it more so than they did with Catalyst. I have two things I want to say. Mm -hmm. One is a game that I want from EA remade in, in any style, whether it's just a, a remaster or more of a modern remake in some way. Need for Speed underground baby let's mm. go i want to see all the neon lights with all of the ray tracing okay mm. come the fuck on how hype would that be going back to what you're saying here's the pitch bless because i agree with you pitch mirror's it. edge kind of had some issues with the second one but yeah. there's something special with that franchise respawn presents mirror's edge i love it i love it respawn Can you imagine they would be the guy the guys to do it i think respawn has the stuff for sure when you look at the movement that they have in both titanfall and apex legends they know they know movement they know quality they know how to make a game let them work on a mirror's edge game mm -hmm, respawn mm -hmm. do it for me uh one one more to shout out to you i want to shout out burnout of course burnout 3 takedown one of my favorite games uh and a game that a franchise that deserves to come back like i know need for speed has the name recognition i know need for speed is probably easier for them to sell yada yada make burnout one of those games you can make burnout that franchise that people flock to because pe people loved pretty much all the burnout games that we got ever since three people have loved burnout uh so make another burnout game absolutely I, I saw jeff grubb in the chat uh, a little bit jeff if you have a second to pop into the discord i got a question for you otherwise it's all good and i love you buddy oh. tim we while reading on, on jeff grubb we can keep going with story number four uh former blizzard developer and arena net undead labs founder has called for unionization this is from matt kim at ign Jeff Strain, a former senior Blizzard employee and co-founder of ArenaNet and founder of Undead Labs, has written a letter advocating for unionization within the games industry and has invited his employees to unionize themselves with his full endorsement.
Following IGN's reporting of the unfolding situation at Activision Blizzard in the wake of a bombshell lawsuit, Strange shared a letter he, he has sent to his employees at his new company uh, to IGN with permission to publish in full below. The letter goes like this, quote, it's time. Toxic is a word so frequently used today that, is, that in some ways it has lost the true power and force of the word. We increasingly treat the word flippantly, sometimes even playfully. There are some situations, people, in institutions that simply can't be brushed off with toxic and instead must be described more accurately. Abusive, cruel, abhorrent, unacceptable, illegal. The Activision Blizzard disclosures this week have left me disgusted and repulsed, but not at all surprised. I joined a very early stage Blizzard as a game programmer in 1996, when, when there were, when there were uh, several dozen employees. I know the three founders and senior leadership uh, well, and hosted frequent dinners with them in my home. Over the next four years, I worked on the earliest versions of most of Blizzard's iconic titles, including StarCraft and Diablo, and I was briefly the team lead and lead programmer of World of Warcraft. In 1998, after a cataclysmic meeting with one of our founders over our, our objections to dismembered and impaled female body parts in the beta version of Diablo, my, my wife and I began to plan began planning to leave. Uh, ultimately, I joined with a few like-minded colleagues and moved to a, moved a thousand miles away from the Blizzard sphere of influence to start an independent studio. Uh, he then continues, quote, we need unionization. Unions were started in this country to protect workers from abusive, cruel, abhorrent, unacceptable, and illegal treatments from companies. That's their entire purpose. If this week does not show us that our industry colleagues, even the most entry-level QA tester, need true support and baseline protection, I can't imagine how much worse it'll have to get. I welcome my employees to unionize, and I'm giving my full, endorse my full endorsement and support to an industry-wide adoption of unions. I also encourage the leadership of games industry companies, large and small, corporate and independent, to join me in endorsing and advocating for unionization as a concrete, actionable step toward improving our industry, end quote. And uh, again, this is coming off of pretty much like the last week and a half of news and talks we've been having about Activision Blizzard, all the things going on there, the lawsuit going on there, uh, how they've been mistreating a lot of the workers, especially uh, the the uh, female and marginalized workers over there. And yeah, like I, I think this is a very good letter from uh, Jeff Strain over there at Undead Labs uh, that like I wholeheartedly agree with in terms of unionization coming together and really creating ways to defend yourselves as workers. I think that's a super important thing we've talked about a lot. I think Gary Witta on his episode of Games Daily last week really nailed it on the head in terms of how important unionization is and then also how important it is to get rid of the folks who have been um, uh, contributing to these toxic environments uh, at Activision Blizzard and all these others, all these, all these other uh, studios in the industry. Absolutely. 100% bless. We have a very special guest right now. Mr. Jeff Grubb has joined the chat. Jeff, how are hey, you? Bo hey, boys. How's it going? I sound all What's right. Up, Jeff? You sound great. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm doing good. How's it going, Blessing? It's going good. How's it going with you, man? I'm going good. You know, oh, yeah. it, was, it was a weekend, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy <laughs> to get back to work, you know? <laughs> I love that we have this setup. You can just, I can just call out and chat and then you just show up. It's the best. It is so very nice. Earlier in this episode, I was theorizing about Halo Infinite and I... In, the, in my gut, I don't know why, but I have a feeling that we're going to get Halo Infinite multiplayer this fall and campaign next year. Hmm. Maybe early, maybe late. What, what are your thoughts on my thoughts? Am I crazy? 
you're not crazy. I think that there's a lot of reasons to still think that's how it could play out, even though I know they've said repeatedly it won't. I think if I had to put money on it, it won't happen. So maybe maybe you are crazy, but I'm, I'm like right there with you where it's like uh, multiplayer seems set, right? People mm-hmm. like it. It seems good. Uh, it's, it's the kind of thing where if it comes out and it is a bit of a mess at first because it's online multiplayer and it's the only servers and all this stuff, it's the kind of thing people at least have a, a frame of reference for where they can understand why it's, it's a mess. Um, uh, single player campaign, like we still don't really even know what that's going to be. And I think there's a good reason behind that where it's like there's probably some issues there. Uh, and you know, th- th- these things are going to be separate. They're going to exist separately where the, the free to play multiplayer is going to be this free side thing that anyone can try. And a lot of people are never, ever even going to install the single player campaign who try the online multiplayer. So why connect them so tightly? I- I- I'm sure there are a lot of marketing reasons why that's important. I'm sure there's a lot of, um, you-, you know, dealing with the community and-, and living up to promises that you said. I'm sure a lot of that stuff is is factoring into that decision. Um and I, I bet that does win over at the end. Uh, they don't want to delay anything, any part of this again, if they don't have to. But I, I think there's a chance maybe they might have to. So, you know, that's that's me speculating. Please don't go write stories about that or anything. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Where can people find find you and all the cool things you've been up to lately? Uh, uh, I, I tweet too much on at Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Just come hang, find me there. You know, there's a bunch of other links in my bio or whatever. Thanks for having me on, guys, though. I, I love this stuff. I'll, I'll keep listening. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Talk to you thank later, you, man. Jeff. Yep. Take it easy. What a, nice, what a nice young man. What a nice gotta young old man. You got to love him. What a nice young old man. <laughs> what a nice young old man. Yeah. My thing is, why not? Like, why why not release those games separately? I'm At this point, I'd, I'm like a little bit surprised that they're even both called halo infinite because i think there's a valid way to put out like hey halo infinite is the multiplayer free-to-play online ongoing thing and then the call the campaign halo x y and z right like mm-hmm. halo 6 i don't Six. know what you call it but yeah. you call it whatever else. yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting uh grub brings up a really good point though about the the marketing and like the, the consumer's reaction to to lies of marketing and all that stuff because it has been said that they will launch together but mm-hmm. in the world we're in now it's like I don't take anything that these guys are saying as a hundred percent fact because things oh, no. change any second, especially when talking about like the way things are released or how they're released. I mean, let's look at the Disney plus Scarlett Johansson kerfluffle and all that stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. we're in a weird point in time with media right now. So I, I don't hold anything as fact until yeah. it's actually, and Halo Infinite, I mean, Halo Infinite is a game that has been being worked on for a long time now. Like, remember that game got delayed a full year. And in that article we read earlier, they mentioned that, oh yeah, they said the only battle royale um, we're looking forward to is the BR, right? Like that's the only battle royale we care about, or that's the only BR, wait, no, battle rifle. What I, 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 whatever, we BR, it, yeah. battle rifle, battle royale. They don't care about battle royale. It's basically the thing that they're, they're trying to say. And over the course of the last year, right? Like, with a year more of development, what does that do to your vision of the game? What does that do in terms of what your first year plans were for that game? Was Battle Royale a thing that they might have been thinking of for the end of year one? And now that we're at what would have conceivably been the end of year one, like what is that doing for your for the plans you had set up? You know, I could mm-hmm. see I I could see them doing dynamically different things with that game than they talked about, let's say three or four years when they first announced or showed showed it off. Um so we'll be on the lookout for that. Absolutely. Very curious to see what happens with Halo Infinite. Tim, our last mm-hmm. news story, story number five. Uh, this is part of I don't I see I don't know if this has already been a segment or not because this is something that you brought up weeks and weeks ago. 
when Kojima started tweeting a little bit more regularly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm adding it as a story in the Roper Report. Kojima tweets. All right. That's what we're calling this. Kojima tweets. Tim, this last weekend, Kojima tweeted about Fast and Furious and about how Fast and Furious depressed him. The tweets read like this. It's a series of two tweets. All right. First one reads like this. And he tweeted this July 30th. The technique of editing was not taught to me by anyone, but it is my own style that I learned naturally from watching movies and music videos. First, I edit intuitively with my right brain, and finally, I use my left brain to reason out the composition. He followed that tweet up by saying, I've always been self-taught, but the other day, the opening sequence of Fast and Furious 6 that was on TV, I had seen in theaters, and it was so, it was so well edited that I felt depressed for a while. Tim, how do you feel about Kojima being depressed after watching the opening for I mean, Fast Six? It, I mean, it's funny that that's the the takeaway you have is the the word depressed, whereas the takeaway I have is just like this this overwhelming feeling of just like oh my god, like I I've never related more to Kojima, and I love that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, for me, if I were to boil down how I see myself and what I actually like, what I do, like that's changed over times, but over time, but what I actually think I'm really best at is video editing and pr- producing a video edit, right? Mm-hmm. Like having a vision for a, a, a project that I'm working on and like having every element be something that I am in control of, like the final product. And Kojima's that way too. And I love seeing his brain work this way. Like he has a follow-up tweet saying, on days off during meals, walks, and before going to bed, my brain starts air editing the music videos on its own. God, I can't I stop. That. I'm going to play with it on the editing machine again on Monday. And I just love that. It's like, you can you can tell that Kojima's in this zone right now, in this trailer zone, which is one of my favorite zones for Kojima to be. Oh yeah. Uh, because it's just pure pure energy and hype and like emotions that he's trying to 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 get out of people and to resonate with with people and him talking about fast six it's like fast six's intro i know you guys are sick about me talking about fast and furious and that's fine but really fast six's intro is a thing of beauty the way that it starts off with the the race with dom and brian being so emotional getting to the birth of brian's child which is dom's nephew or whatever it is Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and it looks like they're racing, but no, it's to that. And then it hits with the intro where it's the montage going back through all the other movies and it ends with all the characters like slow-mo walking towards the, the screen as Furious 6 hits. That was like a thing of like the franchise earned that moment in a way very similar to how I feel with Metal Gear Solid 4 and seeing the way that he edited that the first ever Hollywood style video game trailer uh, that was released when it, it even released that played before movies in theaters promoting MGS4. Like mm-hmm. there's a legacy and there's an understanding of legacy and understanding of what makes your franchise special and the, the work that you did special that resonates with people, resonates with the fans, but you need to present it in a way to maximize that, to really get mm-hmm. the effect. And Kojima's the king of that. And you know what I mean? Game recognized yeah. game. That's where we're at right now. And I fucking love this. <laughs> game recognized game. I love that way of putting it, especially for Kojima recognizing Fast Six as being a, master, a masterpiece of editing in its in uh, uh in the early film. I I love this. I love Kojima. I love how much of a personality he's built around him just editing trailers. A thing that for any other studio, any other developer, most of us probably would not care about. Like, you know. Like anybody, anybody else could come out and be like, "Hey, I'm about to edit this trailer for my game," and I would be like, "Cool, you know, I can't, I, I'll watch it at a game award. I don't know." Kojima coming out and talking about how much he's focused on this edit, and you know, the edit's gonna be ten minutes long when it comes out. You know, like I'm all about it. You know, there's something yeah. about. It. I remember watching the Metal Gear Sol- Solid Five final trailer that he put out to that. 
the uh the one that i forget the name of the song but like the the dun 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 dun, dun like that that slow build and then yeah um uh skull face was talking about uh words can kill like all that shit oh my the, god the amount of times i've gone back to watch that just Incredible. to get chills Incredible. Like, it's, an, it's an amazing amazingly edited trailer and again that's attached to him as a personality uh and like even in even in some ways separated from my hype for the game you know i look forward to these trailers yeah <laughs> really looking forward to it i mean that's the thing is like trailers are an art to themselves man and i you know i obviously hate when like trailers ruin movies and stuff but i do love when a trailer kind of like is so good as a standalone piece of work that you can go back years later, movie, video game, it doesn't matter, and like appreciate it for what it is, you know? And I feel like that's when a trailer is at its best or just like, and, and that's when you can always tell when that trailer is made by a brilliant mind with a mind for that specifically. Zack Snyder comes to mind. How amazing are some of his trailers? And take it or leave it on your opinion on the movies, the trailers are 10 out of 10 in so many cases. The Man of Steel trailers, the 300 trailer. Like, oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, they stand alone as these pieces of work. And I know I'm going long on this, but I, I want to give a shout out to Monty Oam, who, uh, RIP, uh, used to work at Rooster Teeth, before that did the Dead Fantasy videos, did all of uh, a lot of the crazy RBB action stuff um, in seasons eight on, and uh, is the co-creator of Ruby. Like, he is somebody that I'm so lucky that I had the pleasure of meeting and, and talking to on a deep level. And I'll never forget the way he talked to me about how he comes up with fight scenes, which he is the king at choreography for. And he was just talking to me just like Kojima is saying here, and just like I felt before, which is he just listens to music. He hears a song and then he just listens to that song for a hundred times over a weekend. And the fight scene just starts to come together in his head. He edits it. He does this brain air editing uh, to come up with the coolest thing. And I remember him telling me the story about how he wanted to make nunchucks work as sh like nunchucks with shotguns on each end. And he wanted to figure it out. So it matches the movie that as he's swinging the nunchucks around, it's reloading the nunchucks, uh, reloading the shotguns and shooting mm -hmm. people around him. And he was just like, he was missing certain beat, uh, bits of it to like really nail it. And then a year later in Ruby season one, I saw a fight scene and it was exactly that. And oh, I was yeah. like, holy shit, the motherfucker figured it out. And all it took it. was finding the right song, finding the right music cues to make the choreography work. And I just, I love that stuff, man. It is so inspiring to me. Hell yeah. Tim, I'm very excited to see what this uh, Hideo Kojima trailer ends up looking like. But the release of that trailer is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Grime for PC. Uh, new dates for you. Battlefield 2042 Exodus standalone short film has been announced and is premiering August 12th at 8 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time uh, on YouTube. Minimalist skateboarding game The Ramp is coming to Steam tomorrow. And Kevin, can you actually, I have a link for this one in the doc in new dates if you want to bring that up because I actually do want to show this to Tim because this game actually looks cool. It might be, uh, uh, All right, yeah, give me a second. Interest. I'll grab it right now. Cosmos Quick Stop launches August 18th for PC, and then A Monster's Expedition is coming to Switch this Thursday on August 5th. Deal of the day for you. Uh, PlayStation Now games for August have been announced on the PlayStation blog, and it's a banger of a month. You're getting Nier Automata, Ghost Runner, and Undertale all coming to PlayStation blog. Kevin has brought up The Ramp, which is a minimalist indie game, skateboarding game, where you go through these, like, these tiny like toy uh ramps and just skate around so we trip. saw this somewhere recently one of the uh uh 
game showcase is. And I was like kind of interested in it there. I'm more interested now. Something about this this drum kick is just getting me. Yeah. But this reminds me a lot of the GBA Tony House Pro Skater games that are yeah. honestly, I don't even want to say they're underrated because I do think that anybody that played them was like, yo, this is something special. This was a THPS 2 was a launch game on GBA. And like it stood up there with Castlevania Circle of the Moon, Super Mario Advance, like all that stuff. And it's like it was it was really cool. It's that more isometric view, but definitely, definitely about to play this game. Yeah, I definitely want to try it out. You know, I read there right now. It's only coming to Steam tomorrow. Uh, but reading through the actual Steam page, they very much brand it as, "Hey, this is minimal. Like, this is there, there's no objectives. There's no like you know modes. It is you just skateboarding." And I'm all about that because, as you know, I've been playing or I used to play a lot of Skater XL uh, late last year when that came to PlayStation, and that's also a game that does not have shit in it. And I was just down to skateboard. And so this being a uh, uh, this being a more smaller smaller one with a cool art style that is more so along the lines of something like a Tony Hawk uh, on Game Boy, I'm totally down for it because that sounds very up my alley. Mm-hmm. Tim, folks can go over to kindoffunny.com slash you wrong where they write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening later on podcast services around the globe. OM Jesus writes in to say, uh, Tim said Slayer difficulty but should have said Spartan difficulty. You're right. Uh, big fan over there. <laughs> I mean, that's me. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Kabop says, except for Burnout Crash, which I have to assume is a correction for when I said people loved all the Burnout games uh, since Burnout 3. But you know which ones I was talking about. I was talking about the mainline games. I was talking about Burnout 3, Burnout Revenge, and Burnout Paradise. The there hasn't ones. been Burnout on Burnout. Exactly. And that's a great way to put it. There has not been Thank Burnout you. on Burnout. Uh, and it's time that we get a new one. Please, EA. <laughs> Please I always love when I can hear it in Bless's voice when he really appreciates the dumb joke I just said. Because oh, it's yeah. like, that's when I'm like, I know I won. I, I made Bless a little happier today than, than he really? was. Because so. for me, it's the opposite where it's like, that Bless, that's what you really appreciated? Love it, dude. Like, I, I love can, it. I, yeah, you I, can hear I, him like get excited like, oh, how clever, Tim. And it's like, I understand, no, I understand, no, that's I understand not where clever. he's coming from. Because me and Tim have a lot of shared interests and a lot of shared, I think a shared sense of humor when it comes exactly. to those kind of exactly. jokes. So I get it. I get it. And I love it, Kevin. I love and it. And let me Kevin. tell you, Bless, if you try now, you can get better than that. You know what I mean? Like, just, just push through wrong. it. Just You're push through wrong. it. But like, who's, nobody's encouraged me to get better. People, are, people appreciate the level that I'm at. And so I'm going to keep being at this level. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this week's host for kind of funny. Well, what's up, Kevin? Uh, did you do the squad up? Did I somehow miss? You say squad oh, up? Oh, you know what? You're right. I did forget the squad up because I was trying to rush the, sh- the show because we're running late. Uh, but let me do the squad up really quickly because I did add it to the dog. Uh, we got a squad up here from Zach who wrote in with the PlayStation 5 squad up. Uh, Zach on PlayStation 5 is Zach is hot. They write in to say this. Actually, no, we did the squad up already, didn't we? Because I, I recall Zach is hot. I'll just do it again, right? Zach is trying to get the platinum for Doom Eternal multiplayer. Uh, if you want to help out Zach with the Doom Eternal multiplayer platinum, uh, you can do that again with the username Zach is hot. I believe we did that one on Friday. So you get a you get a double up, Zach, right there. Congratulations. Oh, so but we didn't do it on this episode yet. No, we didn't do it on this episode, no. Got it, got it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You right, said right, it, and right. I was like, what is he talking about? No, no, you're right. Uh, this week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Tuesday, you're getting Greg and Gary. Wednesday, you're getting me and Imran the Don Khan. On Thursday, it's Tim Tam Thursday. And on Friday, it's Greg and Tim. That is a hell of a week, if I had to say so myself. 
if you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is a Venom 2 trailer live reacts, followed mm -hmm. by Mike and Nick playing police stories. If you want to catch that stream later, you can catch that on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. The live reacts will be on youtube.com slash kind of funny as a VOD. Remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>